Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 826, April 8, 2022. 83 degrees was the high on this day. That was in 1931. It was 9 degrees in 1997. And here are some ice outs brought to you by Aquaside. Minnetonka went out on this day in 1907, 1986, 1991. White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1934 and 1986. And by 1986, White Bear Ice Out, uh, Minnetonka, 86 and 91. It wouldn't have been long before the kids were swimming. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they had wise parents, the parents would have been using Aquaside products to keep the beach free of weeds and algae. They've been uh, helping people keep those beaches clean for more than 60 years. They're a White Bear Lake company. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products that take care of everything so the kids don't get freaked out by that weird stuff that's under the water. Uh, you don't have to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside. They'll help you identify your particular problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Probably they'll advise the use of Aquaside pellets. I've tried them. You just fan them out over the troubled area, and they work quickly. They're safe. Call Aquaside at one 800 328 9350 or go to aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, I have to make a correction. Uh, probably something I should have known as a Minnesotan. Yesterday, during this day in history, I expressed surprise that a uh, the first load of taconite was taken from Silver Bay in 1956. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Man, there's been boats on that lake for since the since the 19th century." And uh, Bill Stein writes, I suppose someone has brought this to your attention, but if not, here goes. Uh, it was noted that the first taconite iron ore ship was launched in 1956. You said they must be mistaken because iron ore ships have been around since the late 1800s. The difference is between high-grade iron ore and taconite, which is low-grade pelletized iron ore, which took over once the high-grade ore was depleted. All iron ore mined in Minnesota is now taconite and has been since the 50s. And one more, Craig Johnson writes, I just listened to your podcast from April 6th. Uh, was it April 6th? No, it was yesterday. No, it was April yesterday 7th. Uh, and you seem dumbfounded that the first taconite shipment left Silver Bay in 1956, saying something to the effect that they've been getting steel out of there a long time before that. Well, they were indeed getting steel out of there a long before that. This shipment, however, was taconite. In 1956, the invention of getting steel from taconite pellets saved the iron range, as most of the regular iron ore had already been mined. The first shipment in 1956 was a game changer for the rage, for the range. Thank you. Just different stuff. It was different stuff. There we go. We're going to have John Hinderocker on here in a moment. I'll set it up. He's the president of the Center of the American Experiment. And a story I was aware of finally got uh, printed today in the Star Tribune. And it's, it, it notes that, of course, they're, already, they're always called a conservative Minnesota think tank. Uh, and they uh, believe they're now a victim of the cancel culture. How about that? They had a program scheduled for the Rochester 
Golf and Country Club. They had 50 attendees at a luncheon, nearly 50 attendees at a luncheon on public safety, sponsored by the Center of the American Experiment, last month were left standing in the parking lot when the club shut down the event. They had a contract to use the, mm-hmm. this is what they do. They mm-hmm. go around and stage events, uh, the center said. Now the cancellation is the focus of a lawsuit for breach of contract filed by the organization against the country club in Olmstead County District Court. The club arbitrarily and capriciously canceled the luncheon after members circulated a petition against it. Well, okay, so I kept reading, wondering, well, how controversial was this supposed to be? <laughs> the center is suing Aaron Nystrom, a club member who created the petition, for interference with the contract. Nystrom said it's ironic the same group complaining about being silenced is trying to punish her for expressing her own views. You're not analogous, young lady. No. That, that's, that's, not your, those, that's apples and oranges. The suggestion that I don't have the right to petition, the hypocrisy is too much, she said. She sounds like a... I don't know what she sounds like. Ignorant. Mm-hmm. The irony is when I use my freedom of speech to petition my country club and ask them to cancel the event, I am met with a $50,000 lawsuit for perceived damages to the center of the American experiment. You know what? I hope you lose. Because, I, again, you tell me if you think this sounds controversial. The March 15 event was to feature a panel discussion on crime and public safety by Olmstead County Sheriff Kevin Torgerson. Rochester Police Chief Jim Franklin and Jeff Van Nest, a public safety policy fellow at the Center of the American Experiment. Hmm. In a statement, the center said its event was canceled after leftist activists pressured the venue with an online petition signed by 90 people. What, what were the, well, we're going to have John on to tell us. It sounds like that event, um, people of all political stripes would um, benefit from that kind of yeah. speech. It's too bad the Rochester Country Club couldn't stand up for free speech and stay true to their contract, Hinderocker said. The people of Olmstead County were denied the chance to hear from a great panel of experts on a really important topic. What is country, what, what compelled this woman to think that she should get a petition to shut this down? Because that's where <laughs> we are at. Yeah, Joe. and it was just because of the organization and the preconceived notion she had of what the organization does. I don't think she thought it through at all. Bingo. In a statement, the country club said it canceled the event because it generated controversy among club members. Hold on. Mother of God, is that Uh, where we we are? We don't know that. Well, apparently it did, Chris. Mm. We do know that. 90 people signed the damn thing. So what? That's my point. So what? Get out there and do it and, you Uh, know. Hmm. By shutting down the event, the club was not picking sides or endorsing any political position. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, now you can hit that. Okay. Now we you can hit that. that. <laughs> this was just the club putting its members before politics. Well, you got to, you got some uh, woke we members. We don't know huh? that. <laughs> There's a club I wouldn't want to belong to. You don't want to go golfing? I have golfed that club. Have you? Yeah. Oh, how'd years, you shoot? Years ago. Years ago. In a legal filing, the club included a news story about protesters gathered outside a center of the American Experiment program in Duluth last summer on critical race theory. Oh. Okay, but what would have what would have uh, brought protesters to this? There's nothing. It was a benign conference on public safety. 
it shows that the club is controversial. Well, what they say, the club uh, said this illustrates the divisive nature of the Center of the American Experiments programs. Well, but look sure. at what so it's divisive to talk to your county sheriff. <laughs> By the way, I shared this with you guys. It you is. guys know how bad Rochester is getting. They do have public safety issues down there. Rochester is Minneapolis South. Yeah. <clears throat> Furthermore, the club said, I'm reading this now so I don't have to read it with John, so you know why I'm asking John the questions I'm going to ask him. Furthermore, the club said the its standard event contract gives the club the right at its sole discretion to refuse to allow the use of club facilities for any proposed event. Well, then why did you have a contract? <laughs> Who's the moron that signed the contract? I wonder if... The reason that they caved is because so many of these people, what you said, 90 signed this petition. Mm -hmm. If they were that worried about that many people canceling their memberships, which if you're going to cancel your golf membership over something like this, you're an idiot. The fact that they canceled it on the day of, too. Right. Yes. That's pretty bad. In addition to the harm to its reputation, the center said, it, it incurred significant expenses in planning the event. Nystrom said the center is using the cancellation to whip up emotions among its supporters. Nystrom's the woman who started all this. By the way, she's a business. I looked her up this morning. She's a business owner in Rochester. Best of luck to her. Nystrom and her husband own a restaurant in Rochester. And she said her business and her family have been repeatedly attacked on social media by Center of the American Experiment supporters. You know what? I really doubt that. I really doubt that. You think this is St. Olaf all over again? My, My knowledge of the Center of the American Experiment is that... Uh, their their constituency are, are the kinds of people I'm well I'll ask they're John. GLers. Well, they're the kinds of people who I don't think would do such a thing. No. Uh, create a social media attack on a restaurant. Or if they did, or, it was a very that's small. A, that's a left trick. Right. For for what reason does she say they're doing this? Because the restaurants they own are fairly innocuous and they're chains. So what? I don't know. Why would it's they be pot belly, right? Weren't they pot belly? It, yeah, it is pot belly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we started the petition, she said, but now they're using this, they must mean the center, as a jumping off point for something that is horrible and toxic. Oh, my God. You have to remember the guy that wrote this. Uh, this guy's a pain in the ass and routinely covers things with his far, far left slant. Well, look at his... And t- assumes that everybody lives in, that lives in outstate Minnesota is a um, a foaming Trump supporter, this yeah. reporter. I, I'm uh, unaware of the reporter, John oh, I, I am very, very aware of this jackass. Uh, no. With all due respect. <laughs> no, no, with no respect at all. Everything of his has a far-left slant, and he is so, And the funny thing is, he's from out-state. He, he comes from out-state. He grew up out-state. But he assumes everybody that lives in the country... Uh. Uh, is a gun-toting maniac that wants to kill all lefties. He, he's he's a, well. That was a bit of an overstatement on my part. <laughs> you did though want to kill all the eagles or just some of the eagles yesterday? We'll get all to that later. We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, because uh, I got. Yeah, I know. That, yeah, yeah. I know. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, so John was the perfect uh, reporter to file well, And this Kenny story. nailed it. Look at how he describes this. He has to have conservative in front of their name, even though, w- what the hell difference does that make? Well, they, that they are. But, but, but what but I'm you, saying you is... You never see liberal in front of the, anything. Exactly. It's the implication applied to the story where oh. just be a journalist, for God's sake. Let me repeat this. Let me repeat this. Take her from the top. No, let me repeat one thing. 
Where are they? Right over there. Oh. <laughs> they were going to have the Olmstead County Sheriff, mm-hmm. Kevin mm-hmm. Torgerson, the Chief of Police in Rochester, Jim Franklin, and Jeff Van Ness, a public safety policy fellow at the center of the American Ooh, experiment. Ooh, very controversial group What the right hell there? is controversial about that? <laughs> and they were going to discuss crime and public safety. And uh, I don't know what bee got un- under this Nystrom's bonnet, but she just found this distasteful, apparently. And uh, I find that uh, rather amazing, but maybe I shouldn't be surprised, huh? Where did I just read? Oh, there's a woman running for mayor of Los Angeles who wants does not want a police department. Oh, forget about oh, defunding it. Sure. She believes there shouldn't be a police department because a well-resourced society does not need police. Well, oh. you don't have oh. that though, lady. You moron. Right. Your name isn't worth me looking up again. Why don't we take a break and uh, get our friend John Hinderucker on the line? It's Reavers here once again for Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com. Boy, I have to tell you, one of the things that makes living in this state this time of the year a little bit less miserable is bamboo long underwear that's now available online at ChillBoys.com. Fast and free for all orders across the entire United States of America, by the way, over $40. Fast and free through ChillBoys.com. Go online, see the entire selection of bamboo performance boxers, uh, bamboo boxer briefs. They are the best underwear you will Will ever own and it doesn't matter where you live if you're in carver minnesota or if you're in phoenix arizona you can get the same treatment if you go online and place your order at chillboys.com give the gift of comfort no matter what time of the year it is go online chillboys.com please place your order with the best customer service team around and let them know that you heard about their product right here on the garage logic podcast How you doing over there? You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Let's get Joe outside. Sujuray. Let's let's get outside. Stretch some cables. Rev some motors. If family moto fun is your deal, you need to visit our friends at Moon Motorsports in Monticello and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Uh, they've been around outfitting Minnesotans with the very best in sport, dirt, adventure, touring motorcycles for 50 years strong now. And for you dirt and trail riders right now at Moon, amazing selections of MX apparel and dirt bike helmets. Stop in. You can get fitted for one by uh, Caden or Dawson. They're pros there. Moon Motorsports, of course, well known for its expert parts and accessory knowledge and the most experienced service department in the region. So if you need some service done, let's get in there. Let's get this done. Moon Motorsports, 50 years, family-owned and operated, a multi-line dealer in Monticello. They're located just off 94, the south side of 94, about 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities, and at moonmotorsports.com. Are we joined by John Hinderocker? Yes, sir. John is the president of the Center of the American Experiment. And, John, I I read the piece to the listeners in the event they hadn't seen it in today's Star Tribune, but you guys had an event scheduled at the Rochester Golf and Country Club, and you had to cancel it. Joe, that's an amazing story. First of all, just to back up for a moment, we're putting on a series of events on criminal justice and law enforcement around the state. And we did one last night in Coon Rapids, for example. Mm -hmm. And when we set these up, we team up our policy fellow, Jeff Van Nest, who's a 20-year veteran of the FBI, just retired from the FBI, 
along with the local chief of police right. and the sheriff of the local county. Right. And they have kind of a panel discussion. They talk about law enforcement issues in, in that community. So on March 15, we had two of these events on the calendar. There was a lunch uh, event in Rochester, and that was scheduled at the Rochester Golf and Country Club. Right. And then there was a 5 o'clock p.m. event down the highway in Owatonna. Mm-hmm. And so these events are going along. And, as a, and by the way, the Rochester Golf and Country Club is a very familiar venue for us. We had three events there in 2021. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So they know us well. Our people know them. It's been an excellent relationship. They're a fine venue. So as of the Friday before these events, which are, which are going to be on a Tuesday, our staff is going back and forth with the country club staff making the final plans and preparations for the, uh, the lunch event, which was going to feature the um, Rochester chief of police and the sheriff of Olmstead County, along with our policy fellow. Right. And on Sunday afternoon, a little after 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, the general manager of the country club called uh, Micah Olson, who is our Greater Minnesota coordinator, and told him they were canceling the event. And Micah, of course, is just stunned. Sunday afternoon, the event's supposed to start at 11 o'clock on Tuesday. So Micah called me and said, what are we going to do? There obviously, obviously wasn't time to try to get a new venue for a Tuesday event on Sunday afternoon. So I called the general manager of the country club on first thing Monday morning, and I said I'd gotten this message from Micah, and I expressed some amazement because we had a signed, written contract with the country club, and the, the general manager acknowledged that, yes, you do, <laughs> you do have a signed contract, <laughs> and, and the contract had a very standard, what, what we lawyers call a force majeure clause. Right. In other words, in case of war, riot, or act of God, all bets are off, and the, you know the contract is 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 canceled. But of course, you know there hadn't been an act of God or war or anything of the sort. It's the Olmstead County Sheriff. Uh, Joe, can you believe this? No, I cannot. I still can't believe it. Their own chief of police of their own city and the sheriff of their own county, and they go out of their way to insult them. So I, that's exactly what I said to the general manager. I said, "Are you crazy? You know why would you do this?" And he said, well, somebody complained to some people on our board, and the board took a vote and decided to cancel the event. <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you, should, you should get on the phone, because I said, we know, we'll sue you. you know, We've we got a contract. I mean, you know, right. we're, 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 we're in a hole here. We, right. we, we can't reschedule this event for a different venue in the next 24 hours. So he said he would call some board members and see what he could do. That's where we left it. Well, the next day, of course, is Monday, and right. the event is starting at 11 o'clock Tuesday morning. We wait until about lunchtime on Monday, and I don't hear anything back saying that they've changed their minds. They've seen the light. And so we um, go to the Upper Midwest Law Center, which is, uh, as you know, a great C3 organization that we've worked together with a number of times. And I said, I think we're going to have to sue these people and ask the court for a temporary restraining order requiring them to proceed with our event. Mm-hmm. So they put together a, a complaint and a motion for a TRO and, and an affidavit that I signed. And, and they filed that stuff. And it was toward the end of the day on Monday when they, when they got it all filed. And here again, you know, our, our, our team is leaving for, for Rochester at like 9 o'clock Tuesday morning, not knowing if there's going to be an event or not. 
we were not able to get in front of the judge in time to uh, to try to get an order. But you did go down there anticipating that you were going to be able to have the event? Well, we hoped so. Yeah. We hoped so. We didn't did, know. Did you get in the building? No, the building was locked up tight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Joe, you can't make this stuff up. No. It's unbelievable. Building is locked up tight. Apparently nobody there. There were several country club members who, you know, our, our audience was showing up in the parking lot. Right. And the chief of police and the sheriff, they showed up, and everybody's milling around in the parking lot. There are two local TV stations who have sent camera crews. They've got wind of it somehow. And... Um, and, and so, and so our, our communications director holds kind of an impromptu press conference in the parking lot there. There are several club members who, who, atten- who were going to attend the event, and they were irate because they couldn't get into their own club. You know, <laughs> they were locked out. Well, let, let me, let me uh, see if you can break this down. A woman uh, who was a member, apparently, named Erin Nystrom, uh, began a petition. What do you understand what it was she was found distasteful? Oh, there's three words. Did she find a discussion of crime, public safety distasteful, or the fact that the center of the American experiment tends to have conservative ideas? Well, you know, it's hard to tell because I actually looked at, she did a petition on change.org, mm-hmm. right? And, oh. and if you look at the petition, it's all about education, and it's all about the CRT tour that we did last year, anti-critical race theory tour that we did last year, where, by the way, we held our Rochester event at the Rochester Golf and Country Club. Unbelievable. And, and so somehow, it's a classic example of people who just, I don't know what, what they're thinking, but the board of directors of this country club apparently just decided to knuckle under to this little handful of of militants, you know, who were urging them to cancel our event. Do you routinely encounter this kind of opposition to your existence? No, we really don't. Um, when we did our CRT tour, we had issues in a couple of cities. We had issues in Duluth. Um, we had protesters show up. Typically, if we went to a college town, a few protesters would show up, and they were mostly college professors. So that happened in uh, in. Uh, Moorhead and uh, Marshall. All right, but no, no, we don't have. That. We're not used to having people breach contracts with us. You know that's for sure. Well, this Nystrom intimated she's she's referencing uh, it being not analogous. She's referencing the fact that protesters showed up to a CRT uh, uh, event you had in Duluth, and she's intimating that your event. Uh, on crime and public safety featuring the county sheriff and the police chief would have uh, resulted in protesters. I, I don't know why anyone would have protested. Well, if there was a protester, it would have been her. Yeah. Right? I mean, the only person who was out there stirring up uh, opposition to our event was Ms. Nystrom herself. I don't know that she said that she was going to show up and protest. And frankly, I wouldn't care if she did. No. You know, it was a very high-level, sophisticated discussion of, of um, law enforcement at Olmstead County. And in particular, the panel was going to talk about uh, some of the things that they're doing well in Rochester mm-hmm. that some other cities in, in Minnesota could learn from. But you should know, Joe, that we, you know, we sued the um, country club for breach of contract. We couldn't get a temporary restraining order in time. But that lawsuit is proceeding as one for damages. We've Good. got damages from having to 
reschedule the event. It's now on at a different venue for April 26th. We've also sued Ms. Nystrom for tortious interference with contract. Mm -hmm. So she's now a defendant in that lawsuit as well. Do you believe this? Nystrom and her husband own a Rochester restaurant, and she said her business and her family have been repeatedly attacked on social media by CAE supporters. What... I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, I don't believe it either. I don't know where we've mentioned her name. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, I, I have no knowledge of it, and I'm and I'm skeptical of it. You know, the other thing that happened, uh, Joe, that we haven't mentioned. This whole story is just beyond belief. The Rochester Post Bulletin ran a story on that Monday, or maybe it appeared Tuesday, the, the day before or the day of the event, but it was written pre-event. And then they wrote a follow-up story about the fact that the event was canceled by the country club. And, and in these stories, they, they made these absurd allegations. They, they said that Jeff Van Nest, our, our, our FBI veteran policy fellow, was, quote, attached to, close quote, a kind of bizarre QAnon conspiracy theory, <laughs> which was just what, made up what, by the reporter. I mean, completely <laughs> from outer space. Jeff looked at that, it's like, what? And, and, and the word fringe was in there, and right wing was in there, and they quoted, uh, they quoted I think, the head of the local DFL party. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. And so um, Jeff also retained the Upper Midwest Law Center, and they contacted the editor of the Rochester Post Bulletin and said, look, this is this is false and it's defamatory and Jeff is going to sue you. Mm-hmm. He he will. He's going to sue you for libel, and uh, we think we've got you dead to rights at actual malice, you know, which is the threshold for uh, for presumed and punitive uh, damages. And so and so the Rochester Post Bulletin took the I think almost unprecedented step of printing a retraction on the front page. Really? Of <laughs> yeah. Really? Is that a ray of hope? Post- yeah, well, yeah, it is a ray of hope. Wow. I commend them for it. I commend the editor. Now, the, the articles never should have appeared in the first place. The one written before the event, I think it was the first article this cub reporter ever wrote for the paper, by the way. Oh. But the retraction says, The Post Bulletin regrets this inaccuracy and these portrayals and unconditionally retracts them in full. And it says... Um, um, to the extent this subheading and this quote could be interpreted as suggesting that CA as suggesting that CAE holds policy views out of the mainstream or that the CAE event was in any way comparable to that racist organization's meetings. That's the KKK, right. by the way. Right. <laughs> What's the those, uh... those interpretations are unequivocally false. It's what is the larger what is the larger dynamic at work here? Uh, this is a this is a piece of a puzzle that we're seeing, and and it's it's no one's accepting, no one's accepting of each other. Uh, you, you, this is a terribly benign event you were going to have in terms of your guests, and I, I still can't figure out. I doubt she'd talk to us, but I still can't figure out unless it was unless it's just a hatred of conservatism. Well, I think that's what it is. I, yeah, I think we're seeing two things at work here. One is we've got these just fanatical leftists who are who are crazed in their hate, their hate for America, uh, their hate for what we all grew up, you know, mm-hmm. believing was normal and good, and their hate for conservatives who now basically represent America and what we all think is is normal and, and right. 
and and there's this this minority out there, and they are a, they are a rather small minority that just hates all of those things, and and they and they hate us with a passion, and even though they're such a small minority, they're they're very loud, they're very noisy, they're very demanding, and I think the second thing we're seeing here is the tendency of many businesses, you know, mm-hmm. to, to just knuckle under mm-hmm. to to these noisy radicals. I, 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 Joe, I can't put myself in the place of these board members of this, this country club mm-hmm. and, and try to answer the question, what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, in what world did this make sense? And you, now they're facing a lawsuit, they're paying lawyers, we're coming after them for damages. You know, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. You and I are about the same age. How did you survive Dartmouth and Harvard? Well, <laughs> back then it was not a failed academy, was it? It was not a failed academy. I was actually kind of a commie for much of the time that I was in college. <laughs> you know, nobody cared. Here's the difference, Joe. I had friends who were members of the college Republicans. You yep. know, I had friends who were liberals. I had friends who were commies. But, you know, it never occurred to people at that time that you should you know, hate the people who disagree with you politically. Right. And in fact, we typically changed our minds about every six months anyway. Right, exactly. You so, see where Yale now is uh, 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 trying to prevent Pence from speaking on campus? Yeah, yeah, former vice president of the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's this very strange world we live in where, where this little noisy minority uh, repeatedly gets its way uh, and of course, the academy is all different. You know, uh, the, the colleges and universities are so far far gone. They're gone. They're gone. It's unbelievable. They're gone. Well, this is very interesting. Uh, you've got a good sense of humor about it, and uh, uh, the lawsuit against the club is is uh, continuing. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and John, just so you know, this is the longest ad we've ever done on the GL podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. AmericanExperiment.org. Nice. And everybody attend our Give It Back rally, 11 o'clock in the morning at the state capitol on April 23rd. Oh, that's Give a great that's a great time. reminder. That's what, your third or fourth tax rally? I think it's your fourth. You had one, uh, what, in the early 90s, I think? Well, I, see, I think Jason Lewis was, in fact, Jason's going to appear and speak at our rally here. I think if you go back in the day, I think the Taxpayers League and Jason Lewis and people like that organized some major, major tax rallies, and then they kind of died out. Yeah. And so we are trying to revive that tradition and get some real pressure on the legislature to give the taxpayers back the surplus in the form of permanent tax cuts. One more thing. I, f- I forgot to mention it, but I want your reaction to it. And it's, again, regarding Erin uh, uh, Nystrom. Nystrom and her husband own a, own a Rochester restaurant, and she said her business and her family have been repeatedly attacked on social media by CAA supporters, and you and I agree that we find that not plausible. And then her final quote is, yeah, we started the petition, she said, but now there, I presume she means your your group, they're using this as a jumping-off point for something that is horrible and toxic. What in God's name is horrible and toxic? <laughs> about public I safety. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, is she talking about the chief of police? Is she talking about, uh, you know, public safety? <laughs> What's I, horrible and toxic is crime. Yeah, crime is horrible and toxic. And I'm not a big fan of tortious interference with contract either, which right. is what we, what we sued her for. Right. John, thank you. We'll be in touch. Hey, thank you, Joe. All right. John Hinderocker, president of the Center of the American Experiment. I did want to remind you about that tax rally, but I 
of course, I can't find my piece of AmericanExperiment.org is a website, and yeah. all the information will be up. It's will be uh, April 23rd at the uh, state capitol. We'll, uh, we'll be returning. Hold on, Johnny, you had something? No, no, I was just going to say, John made a great point there when he talked about when we were young and all of us were different, yep. we seemed to get along just fine, and now nobody can. If, nope. they don't, if you don't think the exact same thing I do, I don't want to talk to you. That's right. Well, well, I mean, you can even go back 10, 15 years, and that still held true. Yep. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very yeah. much so. Truly, truly amazing. Here it is. Uh, April 23rd, 11 a.m. Yeah. on the Capitol <laughs> steps. a few times. Saturday. Right. Yeah. It's a Saturday at 11 a.m. <laughs> what time? At 11 a.m. You can RSV on Facebook or uh, I think it's at 11. And, uh Who's that again? That's the Center of the American Experiment. <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, .org. It's on there. <laughs> You're listening to Garage Logic right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking to you about your business right now, telling the thousands of loyal GLers about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with the Garage Logic podcast. It's easy. Visit garagelogic.com now, enter keyword partner, P A R T N E R, fill out the form. We'll get in touch with you very quickly. Once me and the dummies start talking about your company, you're going to be amazed at how many GLs just start showing up. Easy to do. Do it right now. Visit garagelogic.com and enter keyword partner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me one, It's suits. the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. You want the best lawn on the block? I can get you the best lawn on the block. Easy. ProTurf is the company. They're a Minnesota-grown lawn care company for the last 40 years strong. They answer to professionalturf.com on the web. Don't, don't go back with that company that screwed you last year. Forget it. You need service techs with 20 years or more of experience. They've been servicing this, these routes every year. They know their lawns. They're going to get to know your lawn. They're going to get to know your lawn better than you do. Uh, and that's that's nice. Dandelions, nope, they're gone. Get rid of them right away. That's with the spring application. They also throw down some slow-release long-term fertilizers. It's going gonna, it's gonna to green it up and fill it in, make it luscious. Pick up the phone. First go to professionalturf.com, get the number, then call them. Uh, you can do that also just by clicking on estimates. Be sure when though when you're on the website, I wanted to mention this, check out their other projects. They do landscape. Both Reavers and I have used them. Amazing work. Wonderful they also work, yep. do irrigation uh, systems. They can wake it up in the spring, put it away in the fall, work on it if you have issues. It's a one-stop shop. It's a one-stop shop. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. for everything, an exceptional lawn care a landscape and irrigation service, professionalturf.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. And this news is brought to you by professionalturf.com. A sports note, it now is officially the Twins' opening day after the postponement of yesterday's schedule opening day. The Twins face the Seattle Mariners at Target Field, first pitch at 310 this afternoon. Uh, do you guys remember when we did the show on opening day from Target Field? I do. Yes. In fact, it popped and up one, in my timeline as a, you know, three years ago or whatever it was. One Mr. Sushere sat and looked at his shoes while the, he wanted to see the flyover, but he was looking at his shoes. He was looking at his phone. He was looking at his Yeah, he was standing right next to me looking at his phone, and I gave him the elbow that almost knocked him over, and he looked up just in time to see him go over the <laughs> yep, top. They, yep. they go pretty fast by their top. You guys, top. that was 12 years ago and that's something yeah those first you know. few years i didn't miss an afternoon game oh it was great wasn't yeah. it yeah 
I think uh, I, did, I bothered, didn't bother showing back up to work a few of those games. <laughs> One uh, traffic note today. We know all about the stuff going up uh, Highway 10 up here in my neck of the woods. Well, now today there's a major closure, not just uh, traffic going in one lane. Uh, Highway 10 starting late tonight and lasting until Monday morning uh, will be completely closed in both directions uh, as the 4th Avenue and Rum River Regional Trail bridges over the highway are demolished. 10 will be closed between Highway 47, the Ferry Street exit, and 7th Avenue in Anoka. Starts at 10, last till Monday morning. And the uh, detours, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're long ones. You're on your own, yeah. You're on your own, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll take you out to 101, to 610 the other way. Oh, the great thing cool. is all, yeah, all the residents know the way, the yeah. sneak-arounds. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Detours are for the out-of-towners. Now to the news, the Senate Republican majority passed an $8.4 billion tax cut bill Thursday, even as leaders acknowledge the final tax plan that emerges from the legislative session might look very different. The centerpieces of the Republican tax plan include permanent income tax cuts for everyone who pays state income taxes and excluding all Social Security income from the state income tax yes. instead of the current. I would go for that, yes. Instead of the current Nah, we should tax you guys. I think we should. <laughs> I'm kidding. Demo- I don't even know Dem- why I take it. I got to give it back to them all at the end of the year. Right. Did you <laughs> see the Democrats' response to this? Oh though? yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Democrats. Did you ever find that? By the way, I was going to look it up. Well, why don't you? <laughs> Read it, John. I want to hear what they find say. Find it. Democrats. Democratic leaders say the plan would disproportionately benefit the well-off, uh, but six Democrats did join the Republicans uh, on the 42 uh, we don't to 24 know that. Well, yes, you do. Six Republicans joined the—I mean, six Democrats joined the Republicans. Where is the we don't know that in that? I think it was the first part of the sentence. Chris was just a little late with the we don't know that. Yeah, I was the Democratic sorry. leaders say the plan would disproportionately benefit the well-off. That's where they wanted to hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, see. I don't know how he got the number. What? Russ found us. We haven't talked to him since we've been a podcast. Who's Russ? Russ? Who's Russ? Russ? Is that me? Russ. Oh, no. Is that me? Are you talking to me or is that someone else? Is your name Russ? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's who we're talking to. What can we do for you, sir? Hey, Hey, Joe, I'm not sure if you remember me at all, but... No, I don't. A couple times on the past trying to uh, promote the booyah that we do. Oh, yeah. yeah. How'd you get in here, man? How'd you get the number, Russ? Yeah, then that other time I ran into you downtown Minneapolis at that place. We don't even speak of it now, because it was... (laughs) But anyway, um... Can I call your show and talk to you sometime about the booyah that they got going on Saturday? You're on. The You're doing that. Hey, Russ, we're 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 recording right now. So if you want to put a plug in for the booyah, do it right this minute. <laughs> That's so awesome! What a good timing I got. I yeah. guess. Wow. <laughs> oh, I love this show. All about timing. Okay, where, where, yeah, we're right in the middle of a newscast, Russ. Where, where is the booyah? Oh, uh, it's at the Croatian Hall in South St. Paul. What time? And, and it's at uh, twelve noon tomorrow. Yep. Is there and, a charity? Uh, is there a charity that will benefit from this? Yes. It's <laughs> this time. I got you with one for sure. This one goes for the kids. 
going to um, Europe with the IB program that they do. And so they're come down, bring your own buckets. They got buckets. You can get eat it on site. Maybe Patrick Royce he can come down. And I like your chances. Let of me Pat. let me ask you something, Russ. You're you're not per- Russ. Raffles and stuff mm-hmm. like that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Russ. Russ, Russ, you're not personally involved in having anything to do with making the booyah, are you? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm the gopher. (laughs) Make me go for this and go for that. (laughs) I can't touch the stuff. Oh, good. That's what I wanted to know. I I help out. I just was getting some, you know, the spice sack. I had to get some more stuff for that. Yeah, sure. Okay, Russ, we have to get back to business now, but it's uh, noon tomorrow at the Croatian Hall in South St. Paul. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Come down and get some booyah. Okay, thank you, Russ. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Don't ever don't ever take that. Can again. we change our number? Is don't there ever any way? take that I don't know call how we again. Got it. Oh, I guarantee holy. he got a hold of rookie. I don't I don't know how oh. other way he would have gotten our number. Oh, John, resume, please. All right. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension has named the Roseville police officer who was shot by a suspect Tuesday as well as the officers who returned fire. It was Officer Ryan Duxbury, a three-year veteran of the Roseville Police Department, who was shot in the face by 53-year-old suspect Jesse Whirling. According to the BCA, the officer is in stable condition, continues to recover at Regents Hospital. A GoFundMe for the injured officer has been started. Whirling was killed in the incident after firing more than 100 shots. He had a documented history of mental health concerns, and officers were concerned about approaching him because he had stolen a scoped rifle from his mother's gun safe. Thank you for mentioning that part. Um, doesn't mom have an obligation to maybe notify authorities when that happens? I would think so. Mm, especially in his case. Right. Shades of uh, was, Sandy Hook where right. the kid got the mom's exactly. weapon. Yep. Again, I'm not saying that she's responsible for his actions, but doesn't she have an obligation to maybe call the cops? And well, say, he's in his 50s. Mom might be 98. Well, that's oh, true. Right. Why does she have uh, a loaded rifle? I have no. Maybe to protect she, herself from him. Well, that could be it. Yeah. yeah. A horrible story from St. Paul Pioneer Press reporting the mom of a three-year-old boy who died of a fentanyl overdose at a West St. Paul apartment has been charged with manslaughter. Uh, Quinetta McDaniel, 34 years old of Maplewood, was charged in Dakota County District Court this week with second-degree manslaughter in connection with her son's death in 2020. Warrant was issued Wednesday for her arrest. She was arrested yesterday and booked into the Dakota County Jail. She remains in jail in lieu of $250,000 bail. West St. Paul police and medical responders were called to the apartment on a report that a three-year-old child was not breathing. McDaniel told police she had been asleep with the boy on the couch. She said when she woke up to use the bathroom and returned to the couch, she realized he was not breathing and appeared to have vomited. McDaniel told police the boy had been conscious and well the night before when he went to sleep at 11 o'clock. Investigators were told the apartment in West St. Paul belonged to McDaniel's friend and that she and her son had been staying there the previous two days. Investigators then soon learned from drug task force officers a resident of the apartment was suspected of selling illegal drugs, including fentanyl, out of the home, according to the complaint. Well, how did the kid get the fentanyl? That, uh, we that's don't know. not mentioned in the complaint. Is fentanyl that stuff, if you just touch it, you can be affected? It's yes. very, very, yeah. It's uh, what's responsible. Please tell me that uh, we don't know. She doesn't have any more children, does she? Uh, that I do not know, okay. Joe. I'm not sure. It wasn't yeah. mentioned in any. 
Gophers Athletics Director Mark Coyle announcing today the University of Minnesota plans to provide financial support to athletes for excelling academically starting this fall. The NCAA now allows schools to give academic bonuses to athletes up to $5,980 a year. Time out. Isn't that what a scholarship does? Well, not only that, but didn't we just cut about 58,000 sports due to financial reasons less than a year ago? I don't know if it was 58,000. Well, we cut a bunch of sports, sports because of yeah. financial reasoning. And now we're going to give money to, oh, okay, cool. The, the Gophers posted a school record cumulative grade point average of 3.44 over the past year, while also setting school records with 431 academic All-Big Ten selections, 180 Big Ten Distinguished Scholars, and 15 academic All-Americans. In an ESPN report earlier this week, there were 22 of 130 football bowl subdivision schools that said they also had plans to pay athletes for high academic performance this year. Minnesota Congresswoman Angie Craig is the latest Washington politician to test positive for COVID-19. She announced the news yesterday saying she took an extra test because several colleagues had tested positive. Uh, those colleagues are several other lawmakers and federal officials, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Attorney General Merrick Garland, who have also tested positive. Researchers report that life expectancy in the U.S. dropped again in 2021 due to the COVID epidemic, continuing a trend that they say is troubling. Specifically, average U.S. life expectancy went from 78.86 years in 2019 to 76.99 last year, then fell by a smaller amount to 76.60 years in 2021. Uh, one thing that was different about the latest longevity numbers, losses in life expectancy among white Americans were largely responsible for that continuing trajectory. In 2020, it was black and Hispanic Americans who were disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. The research team speculated the reason for the changing dynamics could be vaccine hesitancy among some white Americans and a resistance to pandemic restrictions, including in states with disproportionately white populations. I'm thankful every day that I wake up alive, except for Wednesdays when I have to do that crabby show. <laughs> well, what does that have to do with anything? You think the crabby show is going to shorten your lifespan? <laughs> what, what did I miss? What did I miss? John in, in just life did, or just today? John just did a story about life expectancy. Yes, I, I listened to it. I just did a joke. Oh. About about life expectancy, I guess, oh. right, Kenny? Well, I didn't think it was a life expectancy joke. No, they're going to be okay. Look at Kenny. He's just shocked. <laughs> he is. He's, he's giving up. You're now. like my wife. You don't laugh at anything unless it involves me getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> then it's really funny. <laughs> wow. Oh. Ukrainian leaders predicting more gruesome discoveries uh. and uh, not a good thing today. A Russian rocket hit a packed train station used to evacuate civilians. Over 50 people have already been discovered dead from that. I'm now Our, on Team Kenny, by the way. This monster has to get taken stop, out. Stop. Yeah, we stop. We probably should deal with uh, stop. a little bit of hyperbole that I spoke yesterday. Uh, John writes, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. I just listened to your April 7 podcast. It was yesterday. Yeah. I just heard Kenny Olson call for all-out total war with Russia. Does this idiot have any idea of what he is calling for? You definitely do not need to worry about climate change if Kenny has his way. If the United States, with its 3,800 missile warheads ready for immediate launch, 
And Russia, with its 4,200 missile warheads, which do not include nuclear bombs on manned bombers, were to launch. 91 million people would die within 90 minutes. Another 770 million would die within one year from radiation sickness. Then there is Al Gore's nightmare. If the U.S. and Russia had a total nuclear exchange, you would have a nuclear winter where the northern hemisphere would not see the sun for two to four years while the radioactive dust, soot, and smoke settled back on Earth. How many deaths this settlement would cause, God only knows. This is what your co-worker is asking for. And I thought Putin was a monster. Putin is just a little kid in a sandbox to compare to what Kenny is asking for. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sheesh. Well, well, if this does go down, I hope it goes down on early on a Wednesday morning <laughs> so I don't have to do the Krabby Show. <laughs> Okay. I don't think anybody's listening to me, and uh, anybody that heard that probably said, oh, well, this guy's a dummy, mm-hmm. or this guy's, you know, being an idiot. What well, I want to say is... I wouldn't is, worry about it. What I want to say is, uh, and Biden has done the same thing. Biden has said Putin is a war criminal. Well, yeah. that he is. Who is going to arrest him? Yeah. Well, didn't we... Uh, how do you get him in a court? How do, how do you get, how do you him, get him to the Hague? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe just ask him politely. It's one thing to say he's a war criminal. Well, then go arrest them. Right. But we didn't. We vote to remove them from the... Uh, just from the Humanities just the human, Commission. Human okay. Rights right. yeah, Commission of the UN. Yeah. I would uh, also like to take this opportunity to say um, <laughs> I have no intention, nor do I think it would be cool, to climb a tall tree and club baby eaglets to death. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that, that's, that. that's a bad idea. That's absurd, and it's hyperbole. Yes. No, I thought Although, you thought we had too many eagles. Yeah, yeah. I, ironically, or not ironic, I guess, uh, as a just coincidence, last night I was reading Smithsonian Magazine. There was a huge story about how the eagles have made such a great comeback. And I thought, well, right. maybe Kenny's right. Yeah. Well, they're, <laughs> they're as thick as squirrels. I mean, yeah. they're all over yeah. the place. But I, cool. no one here wants to harm. No, we, we I'm a, don't. In fact, I rather enjoy birds. Yes. yes. You like yes. a nice bird? I like a good bird. I mm. feed the birds. Sometimes I feed the eagles, too. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean by that. <laughs> Let's keep it at that. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a very weird story. Have you seen this Secret Service story? Yes. It's, oh, it's my God. Weird. How about this? Two men masquerading as Department of Homeland Security officers in Washington duped several members of the Secret Service, providing them with tens of thousands of dollars in gifts, including rent-free apartments, according to federal prosecutors. One of the men told several people he had connections to Pakistan's main intelligence agency, Four members of the Secret Service, the agency charged with protecting the president and the president's family, have been placed on administrative leave while the case is being investigated. Uh, one of these two men, Arian Tarzadeh, offered to buy a $2,000 assault rifle for an agent assigned to Jill Biden's protective detail, according to the affidavit, which was filed Tuesday. Tahazer Da, 40, and Haider Ali, 35, were charged with one count of false impersonation of an officer. Both men appeared by video conference yesterday at a hearing in federal court. The prosecutor said that Ali had told witnesses he had connections to the inter-services intelligence of Pakistan. The FBI has arrested both men, both of whom are U.S. citizens. The two-year scheme began in February 2020, unraveled recently. Uh, David Elias is an FBI special agent. Uh, he says he's not sure why the men carried out the impersonation at this point, or he's not telling. Federal prosecutors declined to give a motive. Joshua Rothstein, an assistant U.S. attorney, told the judge that both men were flight risks and should remain in custody. So the federal government has two phonies on Jill Biden's detail. 
right? Yes. Yeah. But they they and they don't know this. They don't know this. But they they can change the climate. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Black Lives Matter has reported purchase of a $6 million California mansion with charitable donations. Oh, you you can do that? Should spark a Department of Justice investigation, according to California Representative Daryl Issa. Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, the national arm of the BLM movement, has come under increasing scrutiny over its handling of the tens of millions of dollars it's received in donations. Uh, New York Magazine this week revealed that BLM secretly bought a $6 million mansion, which the group's leaders call Campus, but they didn't disclose it to the public. When the magazine inquired about the house, BLM reportedly circulated a memo discussing the possibility of trying to kill the story. Purchase of the California house was separate from that, uh, we've talked about this one, a 2021 transaction in which BLM transferred money to a Canadian nonprofit run by the wife of BML. Uh, BML, uh, BLM co-founder Patrice Kuehler's uh, member with that she bought a three million dollar house. Kuehler's attacked New York Magazine for its reporting. She said on Instagram, yesterday's article in New York Magazine is a despicable abuse of a platform that's intended to provide truthful information to the public. Journalism is supposed to mitigate harm and inform our communities. Meanwhile, when does she drop the sexist and racist card? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Callers who abruptly resigned from BLM in May 2021 amid that mounting scrutiny of groups' finances has previously faced criticism for living an opulent lifestyle that includes millions of dollars of personal real estate. John, quick question. Uh, It's a racket. racket. She may have resigned. Did she get to keep the house? Oh, yeah. It's her house. She bought it. Weird. If you question that, you're racist and sexist. Of course you are. New details on a couple of stories involving legal matters for former President Donald Trump. New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking to hold the former chief executive in civil contempt over efforts to stonewall her civil tax fraud investigation. In court filings yesterday, her office said Trump failed to comply with the judge's order to turn over subpoenaed documents and asked the judge to find him 10 grand a day until he turns over the documents and records. Meanwhile, Manhattan District Attorney, in an unusual statement last night, sought to assure the public his criminal investigation of Trump and the Trump Organization is continuing, despite the resignations of two prosecutors who were leading that probe. The team working on the investigation, according to DA Alvin Bragg, is comprised of dedicated, experienced career prosecutors who are continuing their work. John, get that guitar ready. Okay. You're the guitar-playing newsman. Uh, But we are going to turn our attention now. Uh, when we come back, we're going straight to Target Field. That's right. And be joined by Patrick. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hoffman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. I know it's time for Patrick. 
Yeah. But I don't mean to lead the witness. <laughs> to hell with the Masters. Opening day for Major League Baseball. My man Cato's are in the championship, baby. <laughs> it wasn't even much of a game. What you don't know the words, about? do you, Reavers? I used to, but I don't know. <laughs> Plus, I don't even think that's their fight song anymore. Is, pa- that's is Patrick here? Yeah, he's on the line. Yeah. Hi, Pat. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, congratulations, Reavers. Boy, I thought the Gulfs might beat him. I didn't think Mankato had the firepower, but what an ass kick. Yep, it really Jeez. was. 17 uh, shots got, for the Gophers. 17 shots. Yeah, yeah. they got a the, the goal in the first period. was gorgeous. Uh, the kind of the, you know, the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to uh, on a 2-0 two, two rush. And then you enter the second period, and you say, well, Mankato's going to have trouble scoring, and boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. They brought back the wraparound last yesterday, Joe. Oh, boy. Uh, they, had, they had two wraparound goals, one on each side. The first one, I believe, came from a defenseman who hadn't scored since November 13th. I think that was the first one, right, Reavers? Yes. Yeah, and uh, they just, and boy, they just beat them up. Just, just exact duplicate of last year when they beat them four to nothing. Except this Gopher team was way better than last year. Patrick, I think I'm going to have to do it. I have to watch the game tomorrow there? night in Mankato. I have to. Well, I'm uh, considering that. I'm uh, maybe going to go up to Johnny P's and watch the first uh, period, and then I'll have to go down into the den of hell to see if they're winning, to see if they destroy downtown. You know what? uh, I now have a ride home. (laughs) (laughs) Pick me up on Front Street, baby. (laughs) I can uh, can pick you up on the way down. If I decide to go, I'll give you a call. All right, do that. You uh, you can just – then I'll separate from you because watching (laughs) you get – Watching you get completely bleep-faced is not one of the thrills of my life. But, uh, but uh, I think I might be there. I'd, sh- I'd sure hate to drive down there and then have him get beat. Oh, don't way. even say that. We're, hey, I got a message for the Denver Pioneers. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. We're winning yeah, this thing. I gave that game considerable time, but I'm pretty much glued to the Masters, too. I figured, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's true. Could be a little tough there this afternoon, Joe. Yeah. 40-mile-an-hour wind. Tiger's back to even. He must have bogeyed somewhere. He teed off off 25 minutes ago, and he's back to even. So they got everybody out already then, huh? Okay. I don't think he was the the last group out. Third to the last group, though. Yeah. Third to the last group. So, uh, yeah, well, you go down to... You go down to 10, 11, 12, and 13 with a 30, 40 mile an hour wind, you got your work cut out. That's for right. <laughs> Pat, did you know that Mickelson was not invited to the Masters? Yes. yes. He was invited to the Masters. He was? He was invited to the Masters. According to the chairman, they invited him to the Masters. And he uh, he actually texted them and uh, six weeks in advance and said, I'm not coming. Oh, okay. So the the the, uh, the the chairman when he does his press conference yep. on Wednesday yep. uh, uh, made that clear that it was not uh, that it was not true that he was not invited. Oh, I In thought fact, they... they don't have they don't have the I don't think they have the option of not inviting him because he's a three time champion. Right, right. You know, it's him. He's very. Uh, he doesn't want to answer questions about Saudi Arabia and the other. You know the. 
he, he managed to get both sides upset in that controversy. Yeah. Because he ripped Saudi Arabia and then said, but I still want to take their money. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, get the PGA uh, tour straightened out. So uh, he's got he's got people mad at him on both sides. Faraday's great line about Mickelson is like watching a drunk walk along the edge of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> it always has been. Yeah. It always has been, but I mean, man, alive! He, he was out playing with the seniors, and then he comes back and wins a major, and he should have been happy as a clam. But uh, I don't know. He uh, he decided to uh, sign on with Greg Norman, and uh, and uh, then, but then when he got caught doing that, he, then he uh, then he ripped the, the people who were putting the money up to. So, uh, were you surprised yeah, by Tiger being one under after yesterday's round? Yes, I am, but he is. God shines on this man. God, he got this. You know what this proves? God does not mind philandering. That's what this proves. God, God, I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it that way. God will give you a pass on philandering. Even in Lent. I thought it was one of the Ten Commandments. No, yeah. No, we're good with nine. There's an asterisk on that one. Uh, Tiger Woods excluded. He tried to kill himself in his automobile, and yep. God let him walk away from there. And then yesterday on 18, he hits the worst shot in the history of golf. Mm-hmm. He tops it, screaming line drive into that deep, dark jungle. The forest. Over there on the left. Nobody's ever in that jungle. No. Always over in the one on the right. Right. He hits it in there. Any other golfer would have been behind six trees, and you wouldn't have had a chance to hit a shot, right? Right. And he gets over there. Now, it was a great shot, but it, he still had a shot. That yep. should have been a double bogey at best. But he, he then he hits the miracle shot. It's one of the great fours in history, but only because of the good fortune, because he just topped that thing. 170-yard drive. Pat. And I think that's what... Did you what? see the clip? Because someone uh, was obviously there videoing it, and when he hit the shot, he screamed the F word at yeah. himself. But it reminded me of this great song by Tiger Woods. I don't think he's pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Vern Lundquist, the greatest ever. Vern, I don't uh, think he's pleased. <laughs> Vern offered another one of those because somebody didn't somebody give him a. An S bomb down there. Oh yeah. Vern said something. Vern used something like that. <laughs> no, Vern had a great line. He says when he when he made that long putt on sixteen, he says he's had other exciting moments on this hole. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, there, he he Pat he demonstrated yesterday he can hit the shots. I think it's just going to be a question of stamina. Yeah, I think so too. But also, they made a good point on uh, on TV that. When he hit that bad shot on 18, he couldn't put any oomph on his left uh, foot. You know that mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of playing with all of his foundation is his is his right foot because his uh, left foot had the had the uh, misfortune of almost being cut off. So uh, that would have been. But hell, he could have went out there with a you know with a wooden foot and he would have been one over. You know, yeah. he would have figured some way out. He's amazing, but. Uh, I, I don't think he can get to the finish line. Plus, I like the fat Korean, man. I've always been a fan of that guy, aren't you? No. M? No. M? Why do you think I'm that's a, big... a headliner, headline writer's dream? 
M. M. <laughs> two, word, two letters. You can write anything you want to. You can write an entire sentence. M. It's, it's, it certainly beats the hell out of, uh, you know, uh, Biasferis. Yeah. I like love that. how you decide to be a fan of any someone in sports. A chubby Korean. Right. Yeah. He's a fat Korean, man. He's, I, I liked him like three years ago when I saw him. I, I like his attitude because... He'll he'll try to hit any shot known to man and uh, make double bogeys and bogey. How about that kid from Australia? Double bogey to start and double bogey to finish, and in between he's tearing the course right, up. That right, right. Weird. Set the scene that for was, us at the ballpark before you go. What's happening? Uh well, we got uh, two hours to go time. The Twins were out having BP. Nobody in the ballpark yet, and. Uh, it's uh, it's not a bad day. It's uh, what's going to be low forty. Sun's out. It's forty two right now. It's forty two right wow. now. Yeah. Might get the forty six or seven before we end. So I, mean, I hope we don't have to. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. Seattle's supposed to be really good. Uh, the Twins will not sell out the opener for the first time since they got the Target Field. So what do you attribute that they, to? Uh, by the way, is it a crime wow. thing? Is it a uh, what? What do you think it is, Pat? I think it's uh, the lockout. People just didn't pay any attention to baseball, and then you you know you didn't have any build up really. Yeah, you know they were they were going to come home after a week on the road, and you know you might have been able to pound on people. Hey, the season's opening. Plus, it's baseball in general. Baseball is hurting. The people are uh, got to throw in the weather. Yeah, but, uh, you know, usually they sell the thing out a week in advance, you know. So yeah, they, but we still don't know. I mean, there could be walk-ups. So there's a chance, isn't yeah. there? Nah, I don't think. They'll do everything they can. To, they might uh, They might uh, be like the Wild was there for a couple of years when things were going bad. They were out in the street, uh, you know, Give tracking away. people down and, and trying to get people in there. But they don't have to do that anymore. But, uh, no, I... I think they just kind of gave up on it. I, I would guess low 30s almost, I think. I heard a couple of days ago that very few of the major league openers have sold out, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, the Seattle has got baseball <laughs> fever, so they've sold out. They think they're going to be good. But uh, a lot of I – don't, I, I don't think it's resentment as much as just indifference, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's just – now, uh, Joe, did you see any catchers using the uh, electronic device? <laughs> I have not. Uh, you got a little thing on your wrist. Right. Uh, a little bit up on the arm, and you press a button for the pitch. Yep. And then, and then you press a button for location, and it can come, and it, it speaks several languages, right, Johnny? Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, it, it speaks English and it speaks. You gotta, you gotta be able to. You gotta make sure you hit the right button for language. So, right. For instance, if, uh, oh no, uh, I said it to him in French. Know, <laughs> you know, if one of our, uh, if one of our uh, local boys is out there. You hit the Spanish button. It could be a, it could be a problem. It could but, end uh, up in the stands. What was interesting, though, John? Did you watch some of the games yesterday? I do. I watched a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting is they're basically, as the pitcher's getting ready to walk back up on the mound, they already have sent him the pitch. Yeah. They already had told him what, and then they'll give him location. And then, uh, and uh, I, I don't know, I was dead set against it, but I think you're getting guys throwing the ball a little quicker. So, yeah. well, anything oh. that will. 
anything that will make it quicker, I'm in favor. What if the pitcher wants to shake it off? He can. He can. All right. But I, I saw very little of that yesterday. I saw, I saw uh, one game where uh, they mixed it up. The catcher gave signs once or twice, and then he hit the button on some other pitches. And the announcers oh, were, uh, they were as mystified as I was why they would mix them up like that. <laughs> oh, really? Unless well, it, unless it wasn't, wasn't working. Houston wasn't using them, but using it, but uh, most of the teams were using it yesterday. I don't know. It's going to be hard for uh, the Astros to have their garbage can if somebody's sending electronic signals. But, right. Uh, oh. I don't know. It's a little. It's a little spooky. It's a little spooky to say the least. Well, Pat, yes. uh, just so you know, I will be available around 10 p.m. tomorrow for a good quote for you. Yeah, that's okay. what happened well, here. Was... He'll have to put you on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> I have a small back seat, so I don't know if you'll fit in there face down or not. <laughs> just make sure you bring a bucket with, just in case I need yeah, it for the yeah, ride home. We don't, yeah, we don't, do, we don't approve of that. We'll have to drive back with the top down in 30-degree weather. If you're far, so. All right, Patrick, hey. thank you. See ya, goodbye. All right. Say, uh... We were just discussing the Masters. It's inevitable that we're going to finally get some weather around here Did for golf. Did you smell golf this morning? Did you smell golf? I didn't smell spring this morning. Really? Yeah, but it's going to happen any day now, and it's not too early to book your experience up at Giants Ridge, either at the Legend or the Quarry or both, because all summer long there's a great deal. There's a 37-hole special. Play the Legend and the Quarry with on the same day with the one incredible rate with lunch at the Wakuda Grill. That will be on them. Beautiful nature. It's quiet. Uh, it's become a really top drawer golf destination, not only for Minnesotans but in the United States. And as I've mentioned, it's rapidly becoming the Mike, the uh, mountain biking destination of the of the region. Who's Mike? It's now home to the largest lift serve mountain bike park in the Midwest, with 18 <laughs> miles of purpose built trails. Uh, they have mountain bike camps, and uh, they've got challenging terrain, but they also they also have uh, trails for beginners and intermediates. Uh, no two greater golf courses are this close to each other, maybe anywhere in the country. The legend has its 25th anniversary, June 28, and that's what sparked the golfing craze in northeastern Minnesota. Go to the uh, GiantsRidge.com and check out the 3D course flyovers of the area. It's absolutely gorgeous. GiantsRidge.com. Scramble time. Keep. Finally. Thank God today is Friday. T-G-T-I. Friday. It's a scramble. Uh. Before I crack one open, though, I want to tell you about this big Liberty Safe sale that's going on right now at MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. <laughs> Rich has plenty of safes in stock. Uh, the the world famous Liberty Safe made right here in the United States uh, it, from last Friday. Yeah, a week ago. This started a week ago today, April first. It's running through Monday, the eleventh. The Freedom, the Liberty Freedom Safe series on sale. All of them. The Freedom 30, 36, 48. They're running. Can you hear them, Joe? Do you hear them now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So does that 
Does that answer your oh, question? Oh, I thought you meant something else. I thought, did I have to hear, was I hearing the safe? And I, no. I could hear Were the safe. Were you hearing John breathe? No, no, it's you. It's not, it's I'm not hearing him breathe right now in my ear. Can you Can hear he? me coming? Anyway, uh, the Freedom 30, 36, 48, they're all running 250 to $300. $300 off. Uh, if you want to see them, you can go see them. Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. You can talk to Rich there. If you want to see them right this instant, go to the website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. One more thing, though, and it's very important. When you purchase a Liberty Freedom Series safe, you get a free pistol box. That's a $155 value. And this sale ends. I don't know on what that is. April 11th at Maple Grove. I think Grove, it was Larry. Lockandsafe.com. <laughs> I'm uh, telling you, it's John's okay. microphone. Chuck has a not unreasonable question. All right. Uh oh. On April 7, 2022, Joe Biden tweeted it was a historic moment for our nation due to the confirmation of Katanji Brown Jackson, the first black female in the Supreme Court. If I recall correctly, during the confirmation hearings, Ms. Brown Jackson was asked if she could provide a definition for the word woman when she replied that she could not because she was not a biologist. Well, I've covered that. She didn't answer it because she couldn't. So my, she was not allowed to. So my question is, if she cannot define what a woman is, can we really be sure that we actually did confirm a black woman? That's Whoa. a valid question. That's yeah. a valid question. Words and definitions matter. Thanks, and keep up the good fight. Uh, Chuck. And uh, Jordy notes the United States Postal Service announced that it aims to raise postage prices by July 10, including the cost of the forever stamp. Mailing a letter with the post office today is way cheaper than it was when the first stamps were issued in 1947. (laughs) In 1847, to send a letter via the U.S. mail, it cost a minimum of five cents, but that's the equivalent to $1.73 in today's money. Relatively speaking, we are getting a better deal than our ancestors did. Sure. I'm a big fan. I just bought all sheets of new stamps. You know what would be great? Now I better get some more before uh, July If we could get audio of the vice president explaining the difference in stamp prices. Oh, that would be wonderful. (laughs) That would be wonderful. Uh, Scott Newpour, uh, Newpower out in Sealy Lake, Montana, sent me a beautiful picture taken from 25 feet uh, above the ground, obviously from an airplane, I believe. The <laughs> southern really two th- tall. The southern two-thirds of Sealy Lake, Montana, are ice-free, have been like this for about a week. The two lakes you can barely see up the valley are still ice-covered. Elevation of Sealy Lake is 4,000. The lake is 1,031 acres. That's a small lake. But the, the picture alone was worth it. Uh, and uh, sorry, Jordy just sent. Huh? Jordy just sent a, an email to us, mm-hmm. and it's a picture of the president in a in, in Air Force One looking out the window, and the caption reads, "Look at all that damage caused by Russia," and the bottom says, "Sir, that's Baltimore." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to make light of what's going on, of course. But Hail the flashlight king! Hail, Hail you! you. I and my wife, Ann, are expats from Carver, Minnesota. We live in rural Alberta, Alabama, which came up yesterday oh, yes, it did. in a note from Scott. I can uh, tell you and everyone back home that there are many rednecks in Baldwin County. The per capita redneck count is large. Big diesel trucks, more than ready to show you how loud they are and how fast they can pass you. That being said, we love it down here. We often say we weren't born in the South, but we got here as quick as we could. We came in our gas-guzzling 35-foot Carver Cruiser down the Mississippi, up the Ohio 
to the Tennessee and down the Ten Tom to Mobile Bay, where we have lived for eight years. Eighteen hundred miles, sixty-five hundred bucks in fuel, and fifty-five locks in dams. Uh, living happily ever after in Alberta, a lifelong GLer since early MNST. I remember Nando, the General, and Bratz. Uh, do you still have the legs of a dancer? I don't know what that's referring to. That might have been something Bratz said. I don't know. Mm. That is, uh, and. Uh, <clears throat> Sanibel Jim uh, told me about a friend of his uh, who uh, a young woman brought her fiancé home to that family oh, sure. to meet her parents. And after dinner, her mother told the girl's father to find out more about the young man. The father invited the fiancé to his study for a little talk. Oh, boy. He brought, he brought the Always guy in there. pressure-filled right? situation. Yeah, and he said, so what are your plans? Uh, the father asked the young man. I'm a biblical scholar, he said. A biblical scholar, huh? The father said, admirable, but what will you do to provide a nice home for my daughter? I will study, the young man replied, and God will provide. Oh, and how will you buy her a beautiful engagement ring such as she deserves? I will con concentrate on my studies, the young man said. God will provide for us. And children, asked the father, how will you support children? Don't worry, sir, God will provide. The conversation proceeded like this, and each time the father questioned him, the young idealist insisted that God would provide. Later, the mother said, how'd your talk go? The father said, well, he's a Democrat. He has no job. He has no plans, and he thinks I'm God. And now, only because they come to us... All the way, where are they now? Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Making from the Traveling Lyman. They're getting closer to their home. I'm your captain. I'm your captain. Bum, 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 bum. Joe, I can hear you singing. On this day in 1897. Was that the Jayhawks? <laughs> that was a Grand Funk Railroad. Did Grad Jayhawks? I'm kidding. <laughs> On this day. Today is uh, uh, April 8th. <laughs> in 1897, the Red River crested in Moorhead and the floodwaters drove 300 people from their homes. Whoa. Wow. I only thought that so happened now because of climate change. I thought so too. Yeah. So it's flooding down in Moorhead. Sorry. Oh yeah, well you come it's up with a flooding down in Texas, isn't it? I, I want I want you to come up with a song for every one of these. Okay. On this I'll, day, I'll it, try. On this day in 1905, christened by Rosemarie Schaller of Hastings, the battleship Minnesota was mm -hmm. launched in Newport News, Virginia. In May of 1941, the war no, had just begun. 1905. Oh, 1905. The Germans had the biggest ship. Wait a minute. You're just doing corn dog blues. No, no, that's... Uh, Chris doesn't even know that song. I don't. God, you're young. I don't. Sink to Bismarck? On this day in, 19, on this day no. in 1911, no. Melvin Calvin was born in St. Paul. Oh, a a biochemist, name. Calvin would discover... The details of the photosynthesis process for which he would be awarded a Nobel Prize in chemistry in 1961. Lucy in the sky <laughs> with diamonds. That's better than what Go I was back to do. breathing. <laughs> it's not me. And finally, on this day, April 8th, in 1953, responding to the first ever sit down strike at the Minnesota State Prison in Stillwater, Warden oh. Carl Jackson 
meets the prisoner's demands for nourishing sanitary food. You better give me Johnny Cash. By firing the prison chef. During the strike, which began on April 7, the lockdown prisoners littered the corridors with trash and broke a number of windows. I was going to go with, there's a riot going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a riot going on. You don't know this one either, do you? No. Nope. There's a ride going on down in cell block number nine. That's right. Um, are you done, Suits? There we go. Just for oh, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I can be, Kenny. I I gave you, um, I sent you a letter. I forwarded you a letter. It's probably the best letter I've ever received regarding seafoam. But I, the reason I sent it to you is... It might require a ruling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I don't know how you're going to react to this. And part of the deal with this letter is I had to do some heavy editing because I'm afraid if we read it on the air, um, the married couple might end up getting a divorce. That's how serious this is. But if you could dig that letter up I sent you. Uh, and, and meanwhile, I have, it. I have it. Keep in mind, I've done some uh, redacting here to uh, protect the innocent. Hi, Kenny. I'm quite literally the last person I thought would ever send you a seafoam story, but here I go. Driving my 2008 Redacted last Sunday, and the gas light came on. This is in addition to other assorted warning lights that are on. Emergency brake, it's busted and non-functioning. Low tire light, seems like one is always low. Seatbelt light, goes out if I jiggle the buckle. So I obviously don't get freaked out by warning lights, but I decided to handle it and pull into the next gas station. Not a station I normally frequent. About 20 miles later, I stopped to walk the dog. A lovely redacted named Redacted. When I restart the car, not good. Engine warning light is on and flashing and beeping. The Redacted is running really rough. No power. Something is definitely wrong. I limp her home. I refuse to tell my husband because he hates my Redacted, and he has been telling me for some time I need to get a new car. I refuse. I love my Redacted. So the next morning, same thing. Engine light warning, blinking and beeping, incessantly running through. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? And then it hit me. Seafoam. I stopped and got two cans at my local auto parts store. One high mileage as I have 109,000 miles on my redacted and one regular. <laughs> I poured the high mileage in there right in the parking lot. Uh, two days of driving to and from work and the engine light is still on, but it seems to run better and the horrible beeping quit. Thursday, I put in the regular can of seafoam and crammed in some good gas for my regular station. Kenny, it's a bleeping miracle. By Saturday, the warning light was off and the engine was purring like a kitten again. No visit to the mechanic, and I didn't have to tell my husband. Plus, and I'm not saying seafoam fixed this, but the seatbelt warning light hasn't been on, and the low tire warning light went away. Seafoam is an amazing product in a world of bad gas. And sadly, if you read this on the air, I'll have just confessed my car trouble to my husband redacted. He's a very loyal listener and has been a fan since the AM 1500 days, but I don't care. It's worth it. I am so happy to be able to give you and Seafoam the credit for keeping my redacted on the road. Sincerely redacted from redacted. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you have, is a ruling needed there or not? I don't think so. I don't know okay? what, the, what would the question be of the ruling. Well, how would you feel if the CP ran your one of, one of, the, one of her cars like this? Would you be okay with it? What do you uh, mean, if? Do we need to just live and let live? <laughs> yeah, she's Sorry, got a, you know, she's, car. She got an old car and she loves it. Car. And she was smart enough to dump seafoam into it, and it fixed. And it the, worked. It, it fixed, fixed the, the seatbelt seat and the tire warning <laughs> yeah. light. Yeah.
Well, I just I, I redacted all that because I don't. You're want, trying to save the marriage. I don't want Scott and Tanya from Grand Rapids to get divorced. Oh, you blew it! <laughs> By the way, uh, GLers, just so you know, because we have our own Ron Burgundy here, who will read whatever we put in front of him. Kenny had to put in large, bold letters, <laughs> redacted I over everyone. I got it. I saw it. I saw it. I that was a fun it. letter. That's the best seafoam letter I've ever received. That was fun. Thank you. Redacted. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Redacted. <laughs> Thank you, Redacted. <laughs> Who's winning over there, Joey? I can't tell. I have to hurry up and get that curtain up. Thank you, GLers. <laughs> you showed amazing patience on Masters Friday. Well, what are you going to do? i got to do a show. That's right. GLers, if you could do us a favor and subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. We are posting daily content for your enjoyment on the YouTube page. Also, hit us up on all of our social media channels. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also download that PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win prizes just for listening to us dummies. Yeah, it's that easy. Take us out, Johnny. Give us a cha with that guitar, Johnny. Is he not going to cha? Cha. Go Mavs. Here comes the cha, I think. Ready? Okay. That's almost like a question mark. (laughs) 